everyone. Good to see you here tonight on this Wednesday night. Stand with me, would you? As we sing, Mansion Over the Hilltop. Lift it up with me as we sing. I'm satisfied with just a cottage below. There is 
Some missionary letters tonight. Got different choices this week. Baby Ruth or Snickers. Question for missions from last week. You had missionaries, the Barlows to Slovenia, and they had another couple that stayed an entire month with them doing their, uh, what's it called? I forget now. Their trip over there to check out the country. Survey trip. There we go. I was going blank. Survey trip. Uh, the question is, what were their names, the last name? Somebody got their hand raised? What? The Cooks is correct. Do you want the Baby Ruth or the Snickers? The Snickers? Okay. Good, because Baby Ruth is my favorite. So no, no. I won't eat it. I can't have it. So missionaries for this week is the Switzer family serving in South Africa says that they've been here doing furlough since August of 2022. And in that time frame, they've done 42 states plus Washington, D.C., driven over 40,000 miles and reported to 67 different churches. <clears throat> said the reason they haven't got a chance to go back yet is because they've been pending visa renewal application for 22 months. It usually only takes three to four months to get their visa renewal. So but the, it says the nation of South Africa has had tons and tons, like 70,000 applications for people to come into the country. 
So it's taking forever for them to get the renewal. So just pray that the renewal will get uh, renewed so that they can get their visas and get back to the country. But they have been doing something that we got to do for a little while in our churches and stuff here in the States. They've been doing Zoom meetings over to Africa for their, for their churches and stuff that they've been helping and stuff while they were there. So it's kind of neat that they're doing their service here in America for the people in South Africa. Isn't technology wonderful? I hate it sometimes, but it is wonderful. So, but do be in prayer for them that they can get their visas and get back to the people that God has called them to minister to. And then our next missionaries are the Herzls to Vanuatu. Uh, it says, Pastor Nicholson and his wife, Tulsi, uh, came over to Porto Vila for a medical emergency, which is where the Herzls are actually uh, starting churches and stuff, and says she had type 2 diabetes and gangrene in her foot. And it was so bad they had to amputate her foot. It wasn't uh, curable. So be in prayer for her name is Tulsi uh, Nicholson. Uh, be in prayer for them as Pastor Nicholson is having to take care of her and still take care of the ministries that he's doing in the islands that he's at. Uh, but then it also said that uh, during the time that they were in, and hopefully I'll say this right, Malfoque, I think is how you pronounce the name, to minister to church. Uh, there was a gentleman there, and they seen 36 souls saved in the month while he was over there, while the Nicholsons were over here with us, or over there with uh, Port of Vila and stuff. So uh, they said, do pray for those 30 souls that have got been saved, or 36 some souls, that they would start growing now. He said a lot of times over there, it's easy to get them saved, but then discipleship is tough. So pray that they'll get on board and do discipleship. And then it says that they're going to, there's a gentleman named Ronald who has been trying to uh, witness to his uncle for 20-some years. And it says that his uncle finally got saved in the uh, island of Tana. And he's traveling through the island of Tana. So it says pray for his uncle that he'll also jump on board for discipleship as he finally did. So remember the Switzer family in South Africa and the Herzl family in Vanuatu. If you want to read the rest of the letter, because that's just the highlights, it'll be out here on the table for you. Thank you, Brother Dave. I don't think I've ever heard that from a missionary. That souls get saved fairly easily, and then it's the discipleship part that's the challenge there, but that's a, great, that's a blessing. Good to hear from both of them. Switzers are the second generation. Uh, Brother Jonathan Switzer's dad, Rex, uh, was missionary for all of Jonathan's life over there, and so now he gets to follow in his dad's footsteps. So, I don't know, I'm getting some ringing up here, but all right. So we've got a few things to update you on. Uh, we had 61 on bus again tonight. Thank you for your prayers for that. Back-to-back -back weeks of, of uh, full attendance. And uh, yesterday we got to start the church planning conference down at Heartland, and a really good turnout. Good. I was able to take uh, our high school class down and uh, just really give them a chance just to see God at work. Of course, the preaching was phenomenal. Uh, music was very encouraging. But to get to see six church planners from, uh, three of them from California area, three of them from the Midwest, negative uh, 30 plus degrees, or negative 30 and colder degrees that where they come from. And so they were coming to Oklahoma at five degrees to warm up. Uh, but God, uh, besides warming them up, God provided over $100,000 just in the service that we were at which is just astounding. And so uh, last night's service I heard was another uh, great service. And then this morning, and pastor's down there now. I think this is the first time he's been able to go to a Wednesday night service that is a part of the uh, meeting uh, since, since it's been going for 20 years. And uh, he let us know today as a staff that 
He's already met with uh, Keith and Barbara Harris. He's met with Sean and uh, Bailey Gillespie. He's met with uh, the Micah and Rebecca Bosworth, Christian and Sarah Saldana, Brother Hunter, and one other person that's connected to our ministry just, just today. He's gotten to either have breakfast, lunch, or sometime a fellowship together. So anyhow, meeting's going well, and uh, still an opportunity. If you're interested in going, uh, they have it tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. And uh, I think you'd really enjoy it if, if you get the chance to go. But keep praying for that. It really is amazing that men that have needs for weeks and months get to come to a meeting like this and possibly in a few minutes go home and everything's been taken care of. And so I just pray that that will continue to take place there. Uh, of course, we have some families to pray for that have had uh, losses in their home. Of course, the Wilsons uh, heard that the service went well yesterday, very well attended. Uh, there for Miss Cindy, uh, but continue to pray for Brother Mike and family if you could. And then uh, tomorrow is David Robb's uh, funeral service uh, there, uh, Miss Sue, Sue Robb's husband. If you could pray for the family there, and Brother Matt will be leading that, that service. It's at 4 here tomorrow afternoon. And then if you could uh, pray for uh, Miss Marla Gamble. She's got a brother-in-law named uh, Kermit, and I think it's Sundgren is uh, how it's pronounced, but anyhow, uh, he's uh, unfortunately passed away just yesterday or today, and so if you could pray for Miss Marla's family, uh, I know she would appreciate that. She put that on our prayer page, and, and uh, also if you'll add Miss Jeanette Lewis. Uh, Miss Jeanette has been uh, just week after week dealing with sickness and going to doctors, and they just can't figure out what it is, but she's one of our uh, widow ladies, usually sits right over here. And um, she called tonight just discouraged, uh, trying to, she's just finishing antibiotics for whatever she had and it hasn't worked and she's gone back and they're gonna try something different. But anyhow, dealing with some earaches and some congestion, I know she'd appreciate that. And then she's got a family friend, uh, last name is Burnett, uh, and uh, unfortunately he was on hospice and he's passed away. I didn't get his first name, but uh, a family, the Burnett family, if you could pray for them, friends of Jeanette Lewis, uh, they, they'd appreciate that. And then uh, Miss Brenda shared on the Facebook page that uh, Miss B is still not feeling well. And so we've been praying for her the last few weeks. Not sure what she has. We know she what she doesn't have, but uh, just not feeling well, but goes in for pre-op surgery tomorrow morning. And so if you could pray for uh, Miss B, I know she'd appreciate that. And I believe that's all I've got for t uh, turned in. And so we'll go ahead and drop down to the floor. Any praises or prayer requests? Uh, far side or central section. If you've got one, just go ahead and raise your hand. See Brother Dave, anybody else? Brother, I want to put Esther Waterloo on there. She's been sick with fever, body aches, headache, and just not getting better. Okay. And she can't take a lot because of pregnancy. Okay. So uh, add Esther Waterloo on. She is uh, fighting some sickness and not, not getting any better yet. And so, and pregnancy is making it a little bit more challenging. So pray for Miss Esther if you could. All right, Brother Dave. I want to pray for a nephew of mine named Justin Nassif. Uh, he proclaims to be a Christian, but he's not making choices that a Christian would be making and stuff. Uh, so just pray that if he's not saved, he'll truly get saved and that he'll quit making the choices that he is going the wrong path. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, anybody else this section? Veronica's got one. Yeah, if you could pray for the Via Christi Village uh, staff and maintenance especially. They had the um, pilot.
pipes burst in their sprinkler system and a lot of the people had to basically sleep in the lobby on cots. So they have like four or five inches of water. Wow. Yeah, so the maintenance, of course, they have their hands full with everything. Wow, this is the one out on Academy? Yeah, the one, yeah, yeah, on Academy where I work, so. Oh man, mm -hmm. oh man, so. well I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, definitely wanna pray for them. Okay. Uh, thankful we uh, we have not had that happen here. I guess it happened a few years ago here that the pipes burst, and so it's been a concern of ours the last obviously several days with it being what it's been uh, that that wouldn't happen. But that's tough when you're living there. So for sure, anybody else this section here? All right, I'm not seeing anything. Okay, anybody this section over here? Lower right. Are the Brian up at the front? Nobody at the back. Okay, right up here, Brother Tyler. We're going to be traveling tomorrow through the weekend to go to Arkansas, and uh, Debbie's been suffering a lot with this neuropathy, and of course this cold weather takes a toll on her breathing, so just, just pray that we can have a good trip. We can do that. Okay. All right. Very good. Anybody else far offside? It's good to see one of our bus families, the Baez is here with us, Miss Naomi, glad to have you come out. It's a blessing to see you here. So, okay, I think that's all that we have. All right, let's take a moment to lift these up. If you could make sure, if you haven't already grabbed your list, if you'll grab one as you walk out tonight there on the uh, Welcome Center and pray for these through the week. We'll go ahead and take a moment here. So, Lord, we do thank you for the week that you've given us. Thank you for... Uh, just even today, it warming up a little bit and looking like it might warm up some again tomorrow. Just pray, Lord, for people's homes and just uh, traveling as it's difficult during times like this. And uh, Lord, some may be dealing without heat in their homes and trying to get repairmen out and just uh, high charges right now and everything. I just pray that you'd watch over everyone. I pray that you'd help us to uh, check in with one another, check in with some that maybe aren't here tonight and see how they're doing, if there's anything we can help them with. Especially want to lift up the uh, Via Christi Village there uh, as they try to care for a large number of people, Lord, in very unideal uh, situation with the pipes bursting. God, pray that you'd help give wisdom to the maintenance team and crews that are coming out to try to remedy that situation very soon. Pray that they'd be able to do so. And then, of course, there's a lot of recovery to do once it's once the problem's stopped. And just pray that you'd work through that and help, uh, help those involved, Lord, to have energy, stamina, and wisdom as they try to do the best they can. Lord, we thank you for the good uh, start to Awanas that we had last week. Thank you for... Uh, tonight looking like another good crowd and just the workers that you've given to minister to these kids and teens. I just pray that tonight's a successful night, that souls are here and that they'd hear the truth and want to turn to you. God, I pray for uh, the meeting down at Heartland as they try to raise funds. Lord, as we were challenged in the service yesterday, Lord, your solution to a chaotic and disorderly culture, Lord, is to plant more churches that will go forth and teach the truth and disciples uh, the saints, Lord, and continue to perpetuate uh, your work. And so, God, I pray that this meeting would allow for that, that it would be a shot in the arm for the pastors that are coming in from difficult ministries, difficult times, and that, God, they could go back refreshed and renewed. And then for those that are coming in and things are going well, Lord, help them to see that maybe there's more that they could do. And there's maybe people in their own congregation that can go out if with the right training uh, to reach the next community over. And so just pray that your will be done, that 
uh, physical needs be met, but then uh, that Lord, uh, that maybe even students would be called to, to go to into church planning. God, we thank you for our missionaries and the letters that we get each week. Thank you for the Herzls tonight there in Vanuatu and just the, the work that they're doing, even caring for this other couple, uh, the Nicholsons, Lord. Just pray that the ministry would continue on in their absence and that Miss Nicholson's able to heal from the surgery and that, God, that they can get back to, to normal work. And, uh, God, thank you for the 36 that were saved and just pray that many more would and that the discipleship uh, opportunities would be taken seriously, Lord. Lord, thank you for the Switzers and just uh, Brother Jonathan and Miss Katie and their kids, Lord, and the calling you've put on them and trying to get back to South Africa but not able to get their visas to, to clear. I just pray that that might even happen this month and that they could get back over there before summer. God, we pray for the Wilsons. We're dealing with loss. Just pray that you'd encourage Brother Mike and, and surrounding family and friends. Thank you for the good turnout and support yesterday. Pray for uh, Miss Sue Robb as she uh, gathers with family and friends tomorrow, that, God, you'd give encouragement there. And, Lord, um, pray for this Burnett family, uh, friends of Miss Jeanette Lewis, that you'd give peace and comfort. And Lord, not sure of salvation state there, but just pray that the family might be open to hearing truth and that, God, that... Uh, the gospel could go forth and accomplish something great there. Lord, pray for uh, Miss uh, Miss Miss Marler as well. Lord, as she's uh, Miss Marla Gamble, as she has uh, lost uh, a brother-in-law here in the last couple of days. Just pray for encouragement there for them. Uh, for Justin Nassif, Lord, as he's struggling with some decisions that he's making and ultimately needs to make the decision to, to turn to you as Savior. Pray that you'd work in his life, help Brother Dave and Miss Sherry as they try to connect to him. Lord, for the sellers as they're traveling, just pray that the trip goes well, that it's a good time away, and that Miss um, Debbie's able to uh, just experience a little bit of relief from the pain that she deals with regularly. Lord, pray for uh, Miss Jeanette Lewis as she's healing up, and pray for uh, Esther and Miss B as they both are not feeling well, and pray that Miss B's procedure tomorrow goes well and uh, God just pray for brother Barbie now as he's prepared this week to come and speak just pray that you'd give him the words from on high we look forward to, to meeting with you now in Christ's name amen all right if you go ahead and stand with me one more time love lifted me
Well, as Brother Allen has already said, our pastor is down at the church planting conference this week, and we're very thankful that he is there for multiple reasons. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I looked this up today, and nationally, uh, we have 4,000 churches close each year uh, here in America. And so we are very thankful that uh, Heartland has taken on this as a cause. This is their big thing that they promote each year. And uh, I hopped on there just to watch some of the preaching, and then I stayed on uh, to watch some of the, well, the gathering of the funds. And it was really cool to be able to see this man over here, he gets $30,000, and the guy over here gets $20,000. And then uh, the big one today was like $55,000 to these ministries. And so we're very thankful for that. And I saw a pastor out there in the crowd. As a matter of fact, he was sitting beside uh, Brother Sam. Sam and Sarah were there as well. And uh, they both uh, were able to uh, contribute to uh, one of the biggest needs over there. And uh, this man is doing a great job down in Texas and very thankful for that. But uh, we're having a contribution, uh, contribution in that. And so we're very thankful for that. Uh, then also, not only uh, that, but also uh, the various connections that pastors have been able to have. Uh, also, Tim and Heather were there. Uh, so we're very thankful for that and some other faces. Matter of fact, um, uh, pastor said that there was a girl that went through his youth department and uh, she is there uh, with her husband and they are also starting a church so we're very thankful for that connection so praise the lord for that uh, and then also just to be honest with you uh, did you know this preachers need good preaching uh, preacher past uh, our pastor preaches all the time and i'm so thankful that when he can break away and do conferences like this uh, he gets to be able to sit underneath preaching that uh, is really directed towards him. Uh, it's really uh, targeted preaching and then also just the fellowship. He really enjoys being able to rub shoulders with the various men of God that are out doing the exact same thing that he's doing. So uh, we're very thankful uh, as a church to have our pastor down there, I know without a doubt. And uh, he would love to be, able to be here with us preaching, but he's also very uh, thankful for the opportunity uh, that we give him to be able to be at conferences like that. But uh, having said that, as you already heard Brother Allen uh, uh, pray, uh, we are also very thankful for the various men of God that fill this pulpit. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I just really appreciate the various men that God has here at this church. And uh, one of the men that I just highly esteem uh, is Brother David Barbie. Uh, whenever he gets up behind this pulpit, I'm so th very thankful for, you can tell he studies uh, very, very hard, but also just the way he delivers it's very, very practical. Uh, I like to be able to say he puts the cookies on the cookie shelf. And so uh, very thankful for that. And uh, this time, Brother David's going to come preach for us. Amen. I'm thrilled to be able to give our pastor an opportunity to go to the conference and be a part of that. I uh, have been there uh, many times, and it is a, a real blessing. I've been there as a Bible college student and also as a pastor. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 if you want to be turning there. I just feel like I need to speak to that for just a moment. Um, when I was in Missouri, um, I, was, I felt blessed when I had men in the church that could... Uh, uh, fill the pulpit while I got to go to that and we got to send a church planner out of our little church in uh, Houston, Missouri to Williamsville, Missouri. Uh, Houston is small, a town of about 2,000. Williamsville in southeast Missouri was a town of about 600 and so it was a small town to our small town and uh, very little means to get going but uh, I took him to the uh, church planning conference. He kind of went grudgingly, just trusting his pastor. Uh, and they were in need of a church van. And was, uh, they'd been given away vans in the past. And we were just hoping for some broke down, wore out you know, van that he could go get kids on. 
but a, a pastor in uh, Texas stood up and said, I got a van, and it was not a broke down, wore out, beat up van. It was really nice. They're still using it today. And uh, he went back, I think the next year or the year after that, uh, they were ready to build. They, the church was just exploding. And uh, he was asking for just enough to, uh, to get them in the dry. Uh, it, was, it was a very modest amount. And uh, the offerings were coming in very nicely. And then somebody stood up and said, I, don't, I want them not just to have it in the dry. I want them to have it finished. And so they pledged the rest of the money. It was, it was upwards of close to $100,000, I think, that uh, God... Uh, so through, his, through churches like ours, and by the way, not just like ours, our church did, church did invest in that. Uh, regularly, uh, Pastor Waterloo would stand, uh, stand up and, and offer to be a part of what God's doing all over this country. So uh, if you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. You'll come away blessed and broke. <laughs> <laughs> So Luke chapter number 2, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. I'll read the introduction to the story, probably familiar to, to most of you on a Wednesday night. But it's, a, it's one of my favorite passages to go to right after the holidays. In Luke chapter 2, verse 39, you'll recognize it takes place right after the circumcision of Jesus. Uh, he, the, the prophet uh, uh, Simon and uh, Anna have seen him and rejoiced, and then they are getting ready to head home. Verse 39 says, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. That's Mary and Joseph with their uh, baby Jesus. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child uh, Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Let's pause there and pray, and we'll be seated. God, thank you for showing us uh, the real lives of, uh, of, of your servants so that we might identify with them. But also, God, thank you more than that for showing us your grace through these human beings uh, that you chose to work through and in. And tonight, we open up our ears and hearts to you, God, that you would speak to us right where we're at in our faults and frailties, our shortcomings, our distractions, and just speak to us, God, from your grace and help us to see uh, who you are and what you have for us what you have called us to do and charge us, energize us, God, that we would get busy in the new year, loving you, serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> have you ever left a child behind? How about have you ever left a child behind at church? I'm going to confess, Jimmy did that one time. <laughs> Now, if I want her to hear that, I'll tell her. <laughs> I know the camera's right in my face, so she's already snickering. And one time we had had a busy day at church. It was a good day at church. And uh, my uh, son was about two or three years old at the time. Our, uh, Hannah hadn't come along yet. Our oldest daughter went home with uh, another family for the afternoon. And 
Kind of our habit at church was uh, when the services were dismissed, we'd turn and have fellowship with whoever's next to us. And when that wound down, if I wound down first, I would make it about six or seven steps and start engaging with fellowship and fellowship with somebody else. And then my wife would uh, get loose from her little group and then she'd leapfrog past me about six or ten feet. And we'd leapfrog all the way out to the uh, car and then have conversations at the car before we finally got in, rolled up the windows, and headed down the highway. And this Sunday was no different, except we got about uh, a mile or a mile and a half away from the church and realized it was unusually quiet in the back seat. <laughs> and looked back there to our dismay, DJ wasn't there. Now that'll make you feel real small as a parent. Especially when you know you got to go back and reclaim him. Now, we were quite certain he was safe because we left him at the church after all. And, and we did go back. And uh, before I forget to tell you the rest of the story, we did find him uh, alive and well sitting there with the youth pastor. I think he was eating a lollipop or something. He didn't even miss us. Uh, but it was uh, kind of an embarrassing humiliating experience for us. It gives me an idea of what uh, Mary and Joseph uh, might have been going through that day, but probably a little bit more than that. Uh, they were weary. It had been a busy time in their lives. Now, this was 12 years after his birth, so to say it was right after Christmas uh, is really not uh, accurate, but it was after the Feast of the Passover, a, a festival that all of Israel was called to participate in. It was a busy time for the Jews because they would come from the countrysides and really from uh, all over uh, the, the nation to gather at Jerusalem for uh, several days of feasting and observances, celebrations. It was the, the feast of the Passover and uh, those uh, observances that they enjoyed and participated in every year. But, you know, they, they couldn't just get in a bus or charter a plane. They didn't just get in the minivan and, and drive there in a couple hours. Uh, it would have been by caravan and would have taken days for them to travel, uh, many of them by feet, at best by uh, camel or donkey. And uh, if you can imagine uh, traveling there and being wore out before you even get there, and then all the activities and all the visiting and the reunions and uh, leaving there exhausted with a long uh, trip ahead of you. So they were physically, emotionally, and spiritually drained. I think there's no doubt about that. And ready for things to return to normal. You know, it was, I'm sure it was fun and exciting and, and very heartwarming. It was a very spiritual uh, uh, atmosphere, and they had no regrets of going, but just like any great occasion, you just want things to return to normal. Looking forward to getting home, looking forward to getting some rest. And uh, at this time of year, I think we can relate to, to Joseph and Mary. Having just got through the holidays with all the, the presents, the traveling, the reunions, the shopping, the crowds, the traffic, the bills, it's physically, emotionally, and spiritually draining. Uh, to go through the holidays as much as we enjoy and look forward to and anticipate and, and uh, savor in every moment. Uh, it's sometimes good when they're over. You know what they say about company, it's great when they come and it's great when they go. 
same thing with family. It's, uh, it can just be exhausting having guests in your home or going, uh, traveling across the country to, to visit someone else. Just ready to have your home to yourself or getting uh, back uh, to your own and getting some much needed rest. It kind of puts you in the mind frame of where I believe Joseph and Mary might have been. They were just busy and life was hectic at the time. Uh, and by the way, uh, it's not just Christmas when we get busy and life gets crazy. There's graduations and weddings, career moves, babies and grandbabies. Yeah, and even let's put in this mix, sometimes illness that we deal with is really not an exciting time or celebration, but nonetheless, it can be taxing on our, uh, on our bodies and our emotions. And so if Joseph and Mary were weary and on the way home and most likely anticipating just getting some rest. They had packed all their belongings and were making their way down the road. But they made a huge mistake in the process. Did you catch it there? They left Jesus behind. The Bible says there in verse 43 that Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and they knew not of it. I can see how they did that. I'm going to be nice to them because that youth pastor was nice to us that day. He didn't turn us into the police. He didn't scold us. Uh, he was childless at the time, so he was probably silently judging us, but he's got children now. He's been repaid for that judgment. Uh, they neglected, however, to give Jesus the attention he deserved. In their busyness and in the craziness of all that was taking place uh, that week and in that travel, uh, he, they lost sight of him. Uh, and that happens. We come to church or go to somebody's house or even a park or something of that nature, and there's uh, a level of trust in our children. I mean, he was 12 years old, and we let them run off. And, you know, we, that's what we, we gathered our kids when we left church. We knew they were safe in the building and at least, you know, reasonably safe, uh, out of sight and then out of mind. They were busy packing and getting ready for the long journey home and then inadvertently left him behind. They forgot to include him in their travel plans. They, they didn't consider the necessity of his presence. Now, they were not bad people. They were commended by God. I mean, in the early uh, pages of the Gospels, uh, each one was approached by the angel of God, the messenger of God, and, and uh, Mary was hailed, and uh, they were both chosen by God for a special assignment. They got to be the ones uh, that would parent God's son. They were commended by God, chosen by God, faithful to the house of God. I mean, here they were uh, traveling all this way to celebrate with their nation and with their people uh, the blessings of God in their lives. So they, they weren't bad people. They just got caught up in the craziness and a hectic environment. And they, they made a mistake, but it was a big one. And ironically, the festival they came to was about Jesus. It was the Passover after all. You know, when we look at this, and I'm sure when they look back on it, recognizing the, the enormity of what had happened, they, they went to the Passover and lost Jesus at the Passover. The, you realize the Passover is about Jesus? 
It's the time in Israel's uh, uh, families, the families would choose out the lamb and sacrifice the lamb, but put the blood on the doorposts, and the, the, it was a remembrance of the death angel that passed over uh, those uh, Jewish homes in Egypt. And Jesus is the Passover lamb, and they left him behind. I just think that adds a level of irony to the situation. Regardless of their weariness, neglecting Jesus was a huge mistake. And I think what applies, applied to them in that, that day applies to us in this day. It is easy to lose sight. It's all too easy to, to get busy and, and forget. And you're not the only one that's ever left Jesus behind. But it's still a mistake. It's not an excuse. It's just the reality of our human nature. We're prone to wander. We're prone to leave the one we love. We're prone to, to walk away from Jesus. But after a day's journey, they arrived at a crossroads. Look here in verse 44. Let's continue the story. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. Now let me uh, kind of explain that from my perspective a little bit. Usually when we're getting ready to go on a trip, uh, one of us, in our home at least, uh, we had our responsibilities, our duties, uh, our, you know, our, our roles that we kind of adopted and adapted along the way. And I'm quite certain that Joseph and Mary had that same understanding. I mean, they've been doing this for 12 years now. But something lapsed that day. Something uh, was missed. And, and I'm pretty sure it was Joseph's fault. I mean, when it uh, usually comes down to the care of the children, uh, we have to confess we're the ones that usually drop the ball but in, in the busyness and the craziness, it's, it's likely that Mary assumed that Joseph was taking care of Jesus and getting him ready and knew where he was at. And uh, Joseph uh, assumed that Mary had it under control. And they, neither one of them thought enough maybe to have the conversation or, or just make sure. Both assumed that he was present. And both likely assumed the other would take responsibility. But regardless of who was responsible or who's to blame, Jesus was not with them. Notice it says they sought him among the kinfolk. You ever do that? You, have, you do a kid check every now and then. When you're out in public and, and some place where they kind of get away from you, you look around the building and you look, uh, find where they're at or on the playground just to make sure that they're, not, they're okay and haven't run off or uh, in some dangerous place. Uh, about a day's journey out, they uh, began to be concerned enough to, to look around. And they were traveling with family. And so they might have went to uh, Aunt Elizabeth uh, and, uh, and asked her, have you seen Jesus? And uh, they might have went to some of their other relatives uh, asking around to see if anybody had seen their son. And each one of them told, gave them the answer they didn't want to hear. He was, he was nowhere to be found. They they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And then verse 45 says, And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem. When they found him not. Can you imagine the panic? If you're a parent, you can. 
If you're a parent that has been in that situation, you absolutely know what that horror, what that terror feels like. I remember going to the fair with some friends of ours, and we were in the midway and uh, had gotten uh, something, a snow cone or uh, cotton candy or something, and then we were making our way to where the exhibits were. They had a son that was four or five years old, and as we were making our way through the midway, a very crowded area in a fair, suddenly our friends realized their son was not with them. Now, they didn't just leave him at church like we did. We weren't as panicked. We were just embarrassed. That couple was horrified. They were beside themselves, the hearts pounding and palms sweating. And, and if you're a parent, you know that what goes to your mind is every terrible thing that could be happening to your child right now. And in a fair, I mean, this was the Tulsa State Fair. This wasn't some county fair in, in a rural uh, community. This was a place where anybody could have uh, taken that child and he could have fallen into uh, disaster quickly. And so it's understandable why they would be afraid. Now, let me just clarify, they did find him right in the place you're supposed to look in the sheriff's trailer. Sitting there eating a piece of candy, couldn't care less. <laughs> but nonetheless, it caused his parents uh, probably a couple years off of their life. But wait a minute. This isn't just any son. I mean, our children are precious enough, that, and I'm not going to discount that at all, but do you realize Joseph and Mary lost God's son? This wasn't just any child. It reminds me of the, the boy that was vandalizing the, the church building, and the pastor caught him and brought him into the office. The pastor was trying to decide how to put the fear of God in this boy so he would never vandalize the church again. And he, he said, son, where was God when you were vandalizing the church? To the pastor's dismay, the boy's eyes got this big around. He jumped up out of his chair and he bolted out the door. He ran all the way home and he ran in the back door and says, mommy, the pastor's lost God and he thinks I have something to do with it. <laughs> I was hoping I hadn't told that before. You know, I've been here long enough. I'm going to start repeating my illustrations. I mentioned that at the nursing home today, and they said, don't worry, we don't remember anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to count on your forgetfulness. It just seemed to fit so well here. They lost God's son. They were made stewards of God's son, God's most precious possession, if I can put it that way. They were stewards of God's Son, and they, they lost Him. They didn't mean to. They didn't do it on purpose. But nonetheless, that's right where they were at. But you notice they did, though, the very best thing they could do. They, as a matter of fact, there's a series of wise choices they made. And the first one is this. They stopped moving away from Him. They, they, they quit moving farther away from Jesus. They stopped in their tracks when they realized he wasn't among them. They didn't decide just to go home and make a call to, uh, uh, to Jerusalem. They didn't just give it another couple days to see if he would catch up. They stopped moving forward. And then they determined to go back 
to go back where they last saw him. Now, I can imagine that was very disheartening for them because they would have to give up all the ground they had gained trying to get back home to that rest and to that recovery that they were longing for. As a matter of fact, it meant going right back to the fray of Jerusalem and to the, 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 the uh, uh, busyness of the city. And yet, even though it meant losing ground, they knew they had to go back. And that's exactly what they did. They went back. Let me interject here. When you leave Jesus behind, stop. Don't get farther away from him. When you realize he's not involved in your life and not blessing your activities, when you're confronted with the realization that his presence is not with you, stop. Uh, you're likely heading in a direction that he can't bless or cannot follow, that he will not condone. Uh, you'll be tempted to deny responsibility or shift blame to somebody else, but you have a responsibility. Jude says that we are to keep ourselves in the most holy faith. And when you're faced with a choice, not only stop, but turn around and go back where you last saw Jesus, where you were last in his presence. And so they made the right choice and went back to look for him. Now look at verse 46. The Bible says it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. I want to point out here, they were one day journey away from him. Notice it took three days to find him. That's uh, interesting that it took them longer to get back than it did to get away. And they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when, he saw, when they saw him... They were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt thus with us? Behold, my, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Now that's typical. Uh, that's just like what we would do. You misplace your child. Uh, they don't come home when they're supposed to. And you fret and you worry and you call the police and call the emergency rooms. And you fret and worry and call all their friends You uh, in a panic uh, pray and, and wonder where that child is and just beg God to bring them home safe. But then what happens right as soon as they walk in the door? Where have you been? How come you didn't call? All of a sudden that fear and that anxiety, it, for a moment it's relief and then it's how dare you do that to me? That's what I see them doing. How, how, we sought, how, what is this? Why did you do this to us? That's what Mary is saying here. Why did you do this to us? We sought you sorrowing. We were grieved. The, she, she's accusing him of, of uh, betraying them and, and letting them down. But I love the next line, though. Jesus is not having any of it. He said in verse 49, How is it that ye sought me? Know you, uh, wist you not that I must be about my father's business? He very kindly and carefully, let me back up before I get into what he's saying. I, I want to point out this. Notice where they found him. It's in the house of God. Now, why it took them three days to finally occur to them, maybe we should look in the house of God is uh, uh, a question they'll have to 
uh, answer to God for, not me. But it, it just makes me wonder why they didn't start there first. But then again, that's part of our human nature. When we've lost God, when we've lost our relationship and our walk with God and a peace with God, it's all too common to look everywhere but where God's presence can be found. And I, I'm not here to say this is the only place God's presence can be found, but it's a really good place to start. Uh, on your knees is a good place to start. In the house of God is a good place to start. With somebody that can offer you some wise and godly counsel is a good place to start. Uh, they found him in the house of God right where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was doing his father's business. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. And they were a little put out with him and want to know why he left them and why he caused them to sorrow. But he quickly uh, refuted uh, their claims. He said, what is it that you sought me? He said, I'm not the one that left you. Notice that it said earlier he tarried in Jerusalem. They walked away from him. He didn't walk away from them. They got a day's journey away. He was right where he was when they walked away from him. They were supposed to be stewards of him. And he was doing his father's business. They had, were neglecting the father's business. And so he, and I like the wording. I could, I could just feel the, uh, the tone of Jesus. Uh, there's compassion, but then there's also admonition. I, I put it this way. He was firm, yet forgiving. He was understanding, but admonishing. And I love the way that God can speak to us very firmly, but very lovingly, uh, with grace and you know, conviction, not to riddle us with guilt or to shame us into embarrassment, but to call us back where we're supposed to be and where we need to be. He was firm, yet forgiving, uh, he did not accept the blame for their dilemma, uh, yet he also did not condemn them for their mistake. He was understanding but admonishing in pointing out that he did not leave them, they left him. And he was right where he's supposed to be doing what he's supposed to be doing. You know when you're ready to come back to Jesus? If you're away from him now or one day realize that he's not walking alongside you, remember Joseph and Mary. He doesn't come along with us on foolish journeys. The, the father of the prodigal son stayed at the house. Now, I believe with all my heart the reason he saw the sun coming is because he went to the gate every day and looked and watched and waited and longed for his son to come home. And our, our God will sometimes will wait for us. He'll go to the ends of the earth, absolutely. The shepherd will go as far as he needs to get that one sheep that's gone astray. But he's not going to join us in foolishness. But he'll wait for us to come back to him. And let me remind you again, the house of God's a good place to start. Go back to where you last remember meeting with Jesus. Was it at the altar? 
Was it in your prayer closet? Was it the last time you're reading God's Word and the, the pages came alive and the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart? When is, was it when you were in the fellowship of good and godly people instead of the crowd that you're running with now? Where's the last place you felt, the, sensed the presence of God, everything was right between you and Him, you had peace and confidence and resilience and you had joy and uh, you were celebrating life with your God, you just... Uh, seem like you could reach out and touch him. Go back to that place. Now, the building may not be there. The people may not be there, but I can assure you Jesus is back there to be found, waiting, watching, wanting you to come back. And the best way to come back is with a humble spirit, a teachable spirit. Uh, I like what it says here in verse 50. The Bible says that they, they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. But I don't see anywhere here where they argued with him or tried to uh, disagree with or debate the issue. When you come back to Jesus, come back with a humble and a teachable spirit because he's, he'll want to teach you some lessons from the experience and from the wandering and they may not be easy lessons to learn, but uh, God will be loving and kind and forgiving and gracious as he helps you to overcome uh, that area of weakness. Mary remembered the words of Jesus. We're told in verse 50, she, under, she didn't understand at first. Verse 51 says that she kept those sayings in her heart. I think it'd be good for us to keep these sayings in our hearts because the day's going to come, if it hasn't already, that you're going to come to a crossroad and realize Jesus is not with you on this journey, that you've left him somewhere behind. And you'll know the way back. Stop, turn around, and go back to Jesus. So this new year, as we finish out the busyness and get back to the normalcy or maybe something else has come up in your life that is still causing the craziness don't lose sight of Jesus you are a steward of God's son just like Joseph and Mary you're a steward of the gospel and if the light is not in you then the light's not going to help or shine Keep Jesus nearby, or let's word that better. Keep near Jesus, nearby Jesus. We'll pray, and if there's not anything else we need to discuss or announce, Brother Lynn, we'll go ahead and dismiss. All right, now, what Pastor normally says at this time has more importance than normal. Don't forget your kids. <laughs> let's stand and be dismissed. we go astray help each one here tonight God to come to that crossroad tonight that has walked away that they might return in their heart re return and and be back in your presence and God help us when we are prone to go astray thank you that you are a shepherd that loves your sheep that protects your sheep, that wants your sheep near. 
We ask your blessings now as we dismiss safety as we travel home. May we be lights that shine this week and salt that give savor for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, good night. Hi, I'm Pastor John Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service. I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like, and find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services, and may the Lord bless you.